Welcome to TanakhStudy.com. This is Jesse Salem, and together we're studying Shira Shirim. Shira Shirim Perik Dalit. Um, we're coming off last Perik, where the woman herself went on a search, right? The famous motif of searching and looking in Shira Shirim for her beloved, um, and she found him. She came up from the Midbar, then we saw the, the wedding of Shilamo. And now, in this next Perek, uh, we'll see um, the Perek speaking of the beauty of the woman. The beloved praises the woman with imagery, um, this time from nature and shepherding, right? Not just from his royal world that we saw early on um, in Perek in the Bet. There seems to be a drawing closer to each other with their expressive language. He opens with Hinach Yafa and closes with the same note of Kulach Yafa. Yet before the close, with all the praise, there seems to be a tension between their closeness and distance, and he ends off with the words, until the time is right. So let's read this um, next first part of the song from Pesukim Aleph through Zayin. so this song also continues the string of unity as we ended off last Perek. Um, it expresses words of endearment of the beloved to the woman. And as we'll see, it'll, it'll take some time and some praise on the beloved's part um, until it really fully develops. Let's pay attention to these next three songs, right? This was one of the three, but the next three songs he'll, he'll sing until he really um, opens his up, opens up. So as we'll see within these next three songs, um, his love becomes greater and greater. So these first, first seven Pesukim we read uh, were the beloved's words of the woman's physical beauty, right? Maybe nine, ten different, you know, parts of her. Uh, the song opened, opened up with Hinach Yafarayatim and closed off with Kulach Yafarayatim, right? Some, some form of development, but it's still not enough. There's no, there's no expression of his feelings. Everything is about, um, her physical characteristics. So let's go Pasuk Pasuk. Hinach Yafarayatim, Hinach Yafarayatim, Enayich Yonim, Ibaadat Samatech, Sarech Keder Haizim, Shegadashum Hagilad. Oh, you are so beautiful, my dear. Oh, so beautiful. Your dove-like eyes from behind your scarf. Your hair is like the flock of goats who streamed from Mount Gilad. The beloved calls out to the woman in words of endearment, repeating how beautiful she is. We heard this sentence before in Perek Bet, um, Pasuk Tedvav. Over there, though, that was all he said. Period. Right? It was it was her who was pushing the relationship in words of endearment, and he was speaking almost in half sentences. Now, he, though, he, he continues. Her dove-like eyes seem, eyes seem to bring a sense of serenity, loyalty, or love. And as a shepherd, he sees her beautiful black hair and the goat streaming down of one of the finest mountains. Right, Haragilad, we know, is on the eastern side of the Jordan, and it's known to be very fertile land. And he moves on. Your teeth are like a select flock that have come from being washed. They are all perfect. The blemish not amongst them. After you compare a dark 
black hair to the darkness of the goats. Here it compares their contrasting white teeth to the whiteness of the sheep. And they come up from being washed, not only of the whiteness, but also so perfect in line formation. Her teeth are perfect just as the sheep travel in formation, as you know, as opposed to goats that are scattered around. And there's no shakula amongst them, meaning there's no bereaved mother sheep amongst the flock. So when the sheep travel together, the children travel alongside their mothers. If the children are missing, there's a gap within the rows of sheep that doesn't exist with our. So what's interesting is, here the Beloved is speaking um, of the woman in a mashal, and we need to explain in both the mashal and the nimshal before explaining the deeper allegory. Right In the mashal, the sheep are white and perfect in line, without one sheep deviating from the rows they travel in. And in the nimshal, the woman's teeth are white and perfect in line, the top and bottom are perfectly parallel without anyone sticking out and without any gaps. Right, that's the mashal and the nimshal. We didn't even get to the allegory behind everything. Right, so he continues on with all these different, right, he's starting from the head and he's working his way down. Like a red thread on your lips and your words are pleasant. Like a pomegranate slices your temple from behind your scarf. Right, he continues to speak of her lips, her choice of words, her temple. Right, her lips are red like the dyed red thread. And, and her, I explained words, but midbarech, what is midbarech? So it can be her words, but others explain it's her mouth, literally. It's pleasant. Right? Either way, it's a strange word. Midbarech, right? It doesn't say diburech, or it doesn't say pich, right? Midbarech, what do you hear? You hear the echo of the midbar. She came from the midbar. Midbar and gedi. Right? And Bnei Israel also developed in the midbar, on the allegorical, you know, level. It's a play on where she's coming from. At the head, and the, the half pomegranate slice, you know, when sliced down the middle, a pomegranate, it's like red and white and features that remind her of her temple or some explain her cheek. Now she further explains that her cheek is colored and rounded like the, you know, a sliced uh, pomegranate. And he continues, David Like the Tower of David is her neck built to talpiot. I'll have to explain what Talpiyot is. It only comes up once in Tanakh. A thousand shields are hung on it. All the shields of the warriors. He compares a neck to a tower in in its um, tall, straight features, right? It's built to Talpiyot. So Talpiyot can mean completeness without missing anything. Or others explain it to mean uh, just something beautiful to stare at. So parenthetically also, this is the only time in Tanakh where we have a reference to Migdal David. He sees the jewelry on her neck like a thousand shields hanging down. Possibly a reference to her strength and, and confidence to protect herself and stand strong. He praises her um, in, in such imagery, but he doesn't express his feelings to her yet. And he continues, Your two breasts are like deer, twin doe grazing amongst, amongst the lilies. So it's actually, you know, the Persian fallow deer... Is the, is, is the deer of ancient Israel, right? This is the deer he's speaking of. And today it's one of the rarest in the world. They were actually considered extinct for years until the 1950s when they were found in Iran. And Israel made an effort to hunt two of them from Iran. Um, 
they lied to the Iranian authorities where they were and they were telling them they were being taken to Holland and they finally reintroduced them into the wild in Israel and today they're really, they're beautiful, light brown, you know, species with white speckles and the females without antlers, you can find them in the Ramat Gan in Israel, the safari over there. It's a beautiful sight to watch these deer graze in the field amongst the lilies. They give off a beautiful aroma and the beloved is using the same imagery of lilies and deer just as the woman used to praise him in the beginning, right? Look at Perek Bet, Pasuk 15 and 16 over there. And here he pauses and continues in a totally different direction, maybe concerned that he maybe overstepped his boundaries, maybe he said too much. And now he he goes on. Before the day passes and the shadows take flight, I will go for myself to Mount Mor and the hilltop of Levona. Right? Levona is frankincense. Over here the beloved hints that he may leave her before the day passes. He may turn away towards these two mountains filled with aromas. Just as she told him before when she used the same language to tell him to run off until the time is right. But he ends off on the same note he started and comes back. You are all beautiful, my dear. Not a blemish on you. After opening with and going through the specifics and details of her beauty, he closes off with You are you are all beautiful. Every part of you is beautiful. I can't find anything negative about you. And that closes off his opening words and song to her. He no longer compares her to the horses of Paro, of Paro's chariots. Rather, it's terms she understands, but she doesn't respond. The seven Pesukim, he spoke everything about her beauty, but there was no expression of his feelings. And now, in this next song, we'll see him progressing from describing her physical beauty to now verbalizing his actual feelings to her. So now let's read this next uh, section, this next part of the song, which is another four Pesukim. This time, pay attention to the Milamancha that repeats itself. He calls her a bride. Kala. It's the only time in the Megillah he calls her a bride. Um, pay attention to the repetition of the first few words of the sentence in both the first half and the second half of each sentence. Right? Scholars refer to this as an aphora. It's stressing something. Maybe his feelings. So let's read Pasuk Hayt. so in this song that we just read, he clarifies that he only wants to be with her. And he explains his, his feelings and how she affects him. He uses the same imagery that she used in the beginning. Right? Look at Perek Aleph, Pasuk Bet, and Pasuk Yud Gimal. He closes off with Levanon. He opens with Levanon, closes with Levanon. You came from the desert from the south and we'll go together. Uh, from the highest places in Lebanon, everyone will see us coming from the top. And he calls her Kala, a bride in every single pasuk, right? All these pasukim. Um, and as we pointed out, the first three pasukim are written poetically with with the um, with an Afra. 
we're identifying this as one song, as one like smaller unit song, because of the way it opens and closes the same, right? From Lebanon, closes Lebanon, it uses um, the you know the same style. It has Achuti Khala also in all these. So now let's go pasuk 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 chayati. Team Lebanon kala, team Lebanon tavoita. Shul merosh amanam merosh sinim lechamu manot alot mehran lemanim. With with me from Lebanon, bride. With me from Lebanon, come gaze out from the peak of Amana, from the peak of Senir and Hermon, from the dens of lions and the hills of leopards. And he said that he'd be on his way to Lebanon. And he clarifies that he really wouldn't want to be alone strolling through the mountains. He wants her company. He wants her to go on a hike together in the mountains of Lebanon and return from there together. Why Lebanon? It's a beautiful, exotic place. And additionally, we can suggest it's it's a play on the word live, right? Libavtini, Lebanon, right? You, 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 you won't... You know, my heart, right? You, 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 you took my heart, as, as mentioned in the next pasuk. It's also always great to pay attention to the choice of words within a song and poem. And if these words were said at the chupa, right? It's like someone explained, that Miguel explains, and it's a promise to, you know, let's travel after our wedding. And he tells her from these mountaintops, right? Amana is one of the three mountains of the Hermon. Senir is the name of the Hermon mountains and the mountains of the Emori. Right? We know this from Devarim, Perekima. These mountains used to have lions and, and leopards roaming around. But the beloved, beloved doesn't fear. Right? His love for the woman is overpowering. You won my heart, my sister, bride. Right? These are names of endearment. You won my heart with a look of one of your eyes, with one of the links of your necklace. Right? It's enough for me to look into one of your eyes to fall in love with you. How beautiful is your love, my sister, wife? How much greater is is your love than wine and the fragrance of your ointments than any other perfume? Right? The beloved sees nothing greater than the love he has for her. Not the best of wines. And her smell is better than any other. Once again, he uses the same language to praise her as she used in Perek Aleph, Pasuk, Bet and, and Gimal. Right? Over here, he's using the same language. Right? We hear that anamanapia, the nofet titofna, your lips drip with sweetness, O bride. Honey and milk under your tongue, and the smell of your clothing is like that of Levanon, right? Her tongue, her lips, it's reminiscent of the language she used, right? In this section, of the song he praised her, her eyes, her necklace, her smell, her perfumes, her lips, her tongue, the smell of her clothing with, with so much imagery from her world, even picking up the same imagery of the lips and kissing she used in the beginning of the relationship, and he, he closes off with the same one Levanon that he opened with. So whereas in the first section he praised the outer beauty, in this section his emotions are even greater, and he, he calls her for the first time bride, and does so in each pasuk, he speaks of his feelings to her. Here he becomes very involved. And he retracts from his intention of leaving that he mentioned to her in Pasuk, Zah, in Pasuk Vav and makes sure to let her know that he only wants to be with her. And now we go on to the last section of this song. Um, he goes on to say she's locked up and he can't get in. 
Let's read it. Gan na'ul achoti chala. Gal na'ul ma'yan chatum. Shilachayich pardes nimmonim imperim iradim kefarim imneradim nerd vecharkom kane veknamon im kol ha'selevona mor v'ahalot im kol ha'shev esamim ma'yan ganim be'er ma'im chayim v'nozelim min levanon. And we'll see her response in the next part. So this next section, section we just read is, is, is the beloved opens and closes, um, with him referring to his bride as a very modest, modest woman. He's, he's trying, he, he tries again to speak to her and he's almost blurting out, I can't open you. You're filled with pesamim, but you don't let me in. Right? You are a locked garden, my sister, bride, a locked fountain, a spring sealed up. Right, she's closed, non-revealing, a very modest woman. Right, gan is a metaphor, you know, for herself, for the for the girl, for the woman. Right, your pools are an orchard of pomegranates with sweet fruit, henna with spikenard. Right, kifarim is 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 henna. Right, we mentioned this, this spice that was used. Um, uh, with, around uh, ceremonies of love and wedding, he opens with fruits and ended with fragrances, and he continues. Spike nard and saffron, cane and cinnamon, with all frankincense trees, myrrh and bitter aloes, with all the best spices. Right? It's a list of famous aromatic spices found in Israel and out. So between these two pesukim, the beloved lists nine types of besamim. Yudah Felix points out that the best of the Besamim, right, in, in Kol Rasheh Besamim is actually, that's mentioned in the Pasuk, is actually a reference to, to, uh, persimmon. He also points out that whereas the rest of the imagery in Shiashim is specific to Eretz Israel, right, the wildlife, the fruits, the vegetables, their blooming season, everything is, is centered around, um, life in Israel, here the spices, only three of them are specific to Israel. So we see how much they value the spices and how they imported and traded them throughout the country. And now he returns back to the mashal of the water. A spring of gardens, a well of running water and flowing from Lebanon. She's like a spring of gardens, which can either be a spring that's surrounded by gardens or a spring that irrigates gardens. And not only is she the, the spring, she's also a well of running water, water that flows on its own without human interaction. And, and the freshest water that streams from Lebanon Right, this could also be, you know, a reference to, to Poriyah of, of, you know, just of, of rebirthing and giving birth, maybe even reference to the woman. And finally, the woman responds. Awake northern wind and come southern wind. Blow upon the garden and let the incense permeate. Come, my beloved, into his garden and eat his sweet fruits. She invites him in. She invites the wind to blow on her garden and spread the aromic pesamim in the air. And she invites the beloved to come into her garden. She even calls it his own garden. It's not locked. It's for him to enter and eat from its fruits. And now the beloved speaks. Here is the only time, you know, in the Megillah where they actually meet up. Probably the climax of the Megillah. I 
I came to my garden, my sister, bride. I gathered my myrrh and my spice. I have eaten my cane with my honey. I have drank my wine with my milk. Eat, my friends. Drink and intoxicate yourself, my friends. Right? Hebrew term for friends over here is Ra'im, Vedodim, right? It's playing on the Ra'iyya and the Dod. So beforehand, he praised her that milk and honey were under her tongue. Right? And, and here he experiences them. These are the two liquids of Israel that, that are the, the, the two intoxicating beverages. And he enters a garden. He enters the most intimate room with, uh, you know, of hers. And he uses three Mishalim to portray his entrance or indulgence in the garden. Right? The gathering, the eating, and the drinking. And now it, it, everything is beyond expected. Whereas he saw her with devash v'halav tachad shonech. Now he eats not only from the devash, but also from the yara, from the cane itself. And, and drinks not only the, the halav, but also the wine, the yain. And then ichluraim shetu v'shichrudodim, the last line that it closes with. Um, a little cryptic. Like who's speaking, what's being said, what is the invitation for everyone to come into the gun? Right? It seems to be a private area. So... There's a few explanations here, and we'll go through them, because I think this is so, so climactic that it's important to understand what exactly is going on and how different people understand it. So, either it's the beloved speaking, he's speaking as Amos Chacham suggests, and he's inviting everyone, all the guests, right? Though we wouldn't explain that he's inviting to the garden itself, as that's the intimate room, the Hadiri Hud, rather, would explain that he's inviting them to the ceremony or the party itself. Right? Others explain that it's the girl speaking, She's speaking to him, allowing him to eat and drink. Right? It's a little odd though that she speaks in the plural. But, right? Like here, out of all places, the most private of places, she's speaking in plural. Others suggest that it's the Benot Yerushalayim speaking, telling the couple to eat, drink, and take their time together. Or, Yoni, Yoni Grossman suggests that, um, actually the name of one of his students, that it can be the narrator speaking. He tells the couple to eat and drink. He speaks to them in the plural as now they're at the climax of their lives as a couple. So he speaks to them in the plural. And it's the closing to the song. Either way, this closes off the climax of the Megillah. In each of the last three songs, the relationship grew stronger. First he praised her beauty, then he expressed his feelings, and finally the chuppah itself and the invitation to the Hadri Hud. They court each other and get married, and, and finally they're together in the most intimate settings. She invited him in, he entered only to call her guard in his own, and they're one. Metaphorically, God praises the actions in Midot of Bnei Israel and expresses his feelings for us. There's reference to bringing Bnei Israel back from the Galut, from the hills of Lebanon, back to Israel. And we see the praise of the modest girls of Israel who are like a locked garden. God promises to accept the efforts and korbanot of Bnei Israel as expressed in the language of I came to my gardens, right? Bati lechanmi. And Rashi, who keeps to his sequential allegorical explanation, explains it as the eighth day of Hanukkah Mizbeach, where with the inauguration of the Mishkan. Others um, point, you know, who also focus on climactic points in Bnei Israel's history. Um, you know, Midrashim explains it as the highlight of Shilamo's life when he completed the building of the Beit Hamikdash and invited God in. Or we could also suggest here, and others have that. We hear within the, the whole song the, the Gan, the entrance into the Gan, the famous Gan Eden, right? There's a sense of equality between the man and woman and the togetherness that um, Adam and Chava had before being thrown out. And here the couple is returning to Gan Eden. So this closes off the, the climactic part of the Megillah where 
after you know courting each other, you know him after her, her after him, and 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 the coming from the midbar and and the wedding of of Shilomo and his praise of her with with three steps in, in development of praising her physical beauty and then and then verbalizing his feelings finally and asking to enter into the gun she lets him into the gun and they're in the gun and now we'll see how the Megillah develops from here on um, over the next uh, several you know few prakim.